Welcome to the Lucky Titan Podcast. Here you will learn how to fill your favorite platform with tons of your dream customers from some of the world's top entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Josh Tapp. Now let's get started. What is up, everybody? Josh Tapp here again, and welcome back to the Lucky Titan Podcast. And today we're here with Bobby Kaler. And this lady has done some amazing things in her career, and I am excited to share her with you here today. I mean, she's coached over 3,000 people in corporate environments, you know, solo environments, working with people, helping them to really get unstuck, to really help them change where they're at, implement real change in their businesses and in their lives. So I'm excited to have you here, Bobby. Can you say what's up to everybody and then we'll hop in? Hey, how are you? I am stoked. Everybody is going to be I'm excited to hear this one. So the first thing I want to let everybody know too is Bobby also has a podcast called Unyielded, not Unyielding, Unyielded. (laughs) I made that mistake a few times. So make sure you go check that out. And throughout this interview, I'd like you to kind of see how she coaches and just the, the, the amazing way that she's been helping people to implement change. So Bobby, can I have you first talk about this, this proven technique for actually implementing change that really intrigued me. Sure. So it was something back when I was in grad school, getting my master's degree. Um, It was at Case Western. There's a researcher. His name is Richard Biotsis. And back in 1969, he started performing studies. You know, why do some people change and why do some people struggle with change? And and he studied, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of people over the years because for 50 years, they've been doing the research now. And he found a five-step process that leads to desired change, meaning we want this change to happen and sustaining the change. Cause you've probably, you've probably known people, or maybe it's happened to yourself. You know, you make a change for a while and it's like, woohoo. And then pretty soon we go back to what we were doing before. And so there are the five elements that he found that are really, really important. And that's what I, that's what I studied. And, and I was sharing with you before I had to study the neuroscience behind it, you know, why it works. And then also as well as how do you coach using that? So that's what I've been doing for the last, I don't know, decade plus is using that, that methodology. See, and and I love that because, you know, as somebody who doesn't really have the science brain, we were talking about this beforehand, (laughs) a very math, math, logical brain. And then science is really difficult for me, always has been uh, because of the memorization and everything I think is partially why, but having that. and, And so when somebody comes to me and says, Hey, you know, I've got this proven method, quote unquote, I'm like, well, it might be proven with five people, but is it actually you know, a proven scientific method that works? And that's what you're saying is this is, this is truly the science behind implementing change. So could we put this into context for our audience? You know, people who are, maybe they're at 500,000 or a million dollars a year and they're just stuck. They haven't been able to break that barrier. What would you recommend as an implementation for change? Okay, so it starts with the very first thing is it's called the ideal self or a personal vision. And one of the biggest traps that people fall into there is it becomes the shoulds, you know, what other people tell us we should be doing or what, maybe it's our own internal voice saying, this is what we should be doing. And a lot of times by just taking that apart and looking at what do I really, really want? Um, Because maybe like you said, if someone has a block of the 500,000, right? Maybe there's a counterpoint where it's like, but what is my personal life going to look like? What will my relationships look like? And if there's that tension behind the scenes, it's going to be really tough for us to make progress. So the very first step is the ideal self, identifying what that is. And it should be positive. Um, And then do you want me to go through all the five steps real quick? 
Yes, please do. <laughs> okay. So the second step is what's called the real self. And it's kind of an assessment of where am I relative to that ideal self? And here's the biggest trap people fall into there. The biggest trap they do is they focus almost exclusively on their gaps. And, and that's a mistake for a number of reasons. Number one, it's a mistake because we're not looking at what are our, what are our strengths and our core identities that will help us move in that direction. And that's what we can build from. The second reason it's a mistake, and this is neuroscience, is it activates a part of the brain that kind of shuts down creativity and it shuts down learning and it shuts down motivation. So it's, and it's not that we ignore the gap pieces, it's that we focus first on our basis, you know, what makes us strong. So, so that's the first two steps. And then the, the final three, they, they get easier. The third one is to think about, okay, so what, what do I need to learn? you know, to move me from where I am now to where I want to go. <clears throat> and we call that the learning agenda. And sometimes, I mean, sometimes it's obvious and sometimes it's like, you know what, I need to listen to podcasts, right? <laughs> like podcasts like this one or other podcasts, or I need to read or I need to interview. Or the Ungilded podcast. I'm just going to throw you it go. in there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, because I forgot to do that. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's creating that learning agenda. What do I need to learn? And here's the thing about the learning agenda we should be excited about it because it should be moving us in a direction that we want to go. So if it feels like, oh, I should do this, we might want to revisit, is this really our goal that we're working towards? So those are the first three steps. The fourth step is, and this is the fun one, practice and experimentation. We put it into play and we see what happens. And this is where the experimentation piece is really important to think of it as an experiment, right? You know, don't, don't, don't take an action and think, oh my goodness, what happens if it's not the right action? It doesn't matter because the goal here is learning. Um, and so to me, there are three portions of this. There's the act, so take an action. Then there's assess, how did it go? You know, uh, did it work like I thought it would? <laughs> or did I end up in the, in the weeds? And, and that's okay too. And then finally, and, and a lot of times what happens is it works fairly well but we have to tweak, right? We have to adapt. So, so the, the third one is adapt. So, so that's what we do there. And then the fifth, the fifth discovery is what it's called, is what's called resonant relationships. And that can be a resonant relationship that you have, you know, that, that real connection that you have with a coach, you know, someone that you trust. It could be, it could be a spouse. It could be a business partner. Um, could be a lot of different things. The thing I would say there is make sure that the person you're talking to doesn't have their own agenda because sometimes that happens, <laughs> right? Where they want us to go in a certain way and that can get in the way of really showing up in that space. So those are the five, those are the five components. The other thing I want to say about that too, is it's not like you go through it once and you're done. This is a, it's a continual prog a process. And what happens is as we move closer to our, our ideal self, often we, we take a step back and we're like, Ooh, well, now that I can do that, what else can I do? You know what I mean? Like I think about, I love cross-country skiing. That's one of the reasons I live here in Colorado where I do, because I'm two minutes from a Nordic center. And Still every time- probably I, snow and this is being recorded, so. <laughs> yes, <May>. there is. <laughs> we had snow this morning, Josh. <laughs> I heard that actually. <laughs> oh my goodness. We're in the thick of mud season. It's like, I can't even ski right now. It's just mud. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh my goodness. I, I'm ready. I'm ready for the mud to go away. Um, but every time I conquer something new, like, you know, a new hill or something like that, immediately I think, what else can I do? 
and, and that's that's kind of how humans are wired. So I've said a lot there, but those are the five, those are the five components. Are you kidding? We could just end the episode right there. <laughs> so I, I really love this process and I want to kind of unpack it a little bit because okay. if you're looking at, you know, I think money is really one of the easiest measures. So for a lot of people like, gosh, I'm just stuck financially at this. And what happens is like, they look at their gaps, like you're saying, and, and mm -hmm. I'm saying this from personal experience, right? We look at our gaps and we say, oh, I just need to fill those gaps. But the reality is, is maybe, maybe the fundamentals are wrong. You know, maybe, maybe you're mm -hmm. selling the wrong product or maybe you have the wrong audience of people and, and you're, you're not going to figure that out without being able to, to get to that learning. So I do want to ask you this as, as part of kind of the unpacking process is when, when you're trying to determine what to learn, is it, is it also important of like who to learn from? Cause I know you mentioned that's an important, but can you kind of touch on that piece for us. Yeah. You can learn from a lot of different people, right? And, and I think it is important to think about who do I want to learn from, you know, and that could be experts. It could be people who have walked the path before you. It could be mentors. It could be a lot of different people, but really thinking about who's going to be the most <clears throat> beneficial. And I think also from the standpoint of, again, I like to make sure there's no hidden agenda because sometimes that directs our learning in a way that's not the most beneficial for us, right? And, and it leads that to that ought self. And I think that we know, we know when there's that internal conflict and it's really important to pay attention to that. Yeah, and I, I like that because you're saying they're helping me because they want to help me win, not because they have, they want to upsell me on the next thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they want to upsell me. Or sometimes it's, I don't want to say it could be a spouse, but it could be a family member. It could be a friend who, this is the thing about success. And, and I'm sure, I don't know, maybe you've experienced this, but sometimes when we, I don't want to say outgrow, but when we start growing, those around us can feel uncomfortable. And it's not like we're trying to outgrow but they can feel uncomfortable. And then their instinct is we should all stay here together. You know what I mean? 100%. And, and I, I was just listening to a podcast by Dean Graciosi, if you're familiar with his stuff. And, and he, he was talking about protecting your confidence and you need to train mm. yourself to be confident. And he says, the people around you are the number one killer of confidence. And I, I know for myself in, with the learning a lot of people are like, Josh, you're so smart. People tell me that all the time. And I'm like, that, no, <laughs> put me in a test and, and prove me against somebody else. All right. I just know that if I, I, I have an acid test that I've been using for, for our business recently, where it's, if I feel like I have to go look it up on YouTube, I need to be outsourcing it. I can't do it myself. Oh, I love and that. That's beca because the, the biggest mistake that we make, especially as digital entrepreneurs, is we say, oh, um, I just need to tweak this little thing on my website. So you go look it up and you'll put eight hours into the stupid project and you could have paid somebody $20 to fix it for you. You know, <laughs> yeah. um, I have many stories like that. And, <laughs> and uh, so I know for me, like when I'm trying to seek learning, if it's something that I'm like, is this going to strategically move our company forward? Because I get really sucked into the, the graphic design and video and things because I enjoy it, but I'm not that good at it. And so I could be spending all this time learning everything, but it's a skill I can outsource for cheap. But I know that one of the strategic skills that I need to master in my company is delegating sales. Like mm -hmm. if I can learn to master that, that's really kind of our next big thing. That's going to move the company forward strategically. So I, I love your process. It's like resonating with me completely. <laughs> Perfect. And I love what you said too there about the, if you have to look it up on YouTube, that's a good indicator. And I, 
I'm blanking on the guy who said this. He's a former secretary of state. And he said, I only do what only I can do. You know, because so many times we try to put on way too many hats. And really, what you know, I suffered a, uh, I mean, I almost died back in 2003. Yeah. And, oh yeah, it was, I, doctors told me I had a 3% chance of a full recovery. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and what's interesting accident. No, no, it was stupidity. (laughs) It was like, like many entrepreneurs, I I started a business in 2000 and 2001, we, we moved out to to Portland and then September 11th happened. And so I didn't take care of myself and I pushed really hard and my adrenals completely collapsed. Like I've had doctors say, you probably shouldn't be alive. But, um, the, one of the things I learned, and I use this process, by the way, this is intuitively before I even knew it, it existed, but one of the things I started was, um, if I can only do one thing today, what should it be? Because I couldn't, I didn't have the luxury of a to-do list back then. I mean, I, I spent, it took 10 years to recover, you know? So it was, I had to reserve my energy for, for getting well, and I didn't want the business to completely crumble. So it was like one thing, if I can only do one thing, what is that? And man, did that focus my attention in powerful ways. Yeah, that, that is brilliant. And, and I want to ask you this because I love the experimental stage, you know, act, assess, adapt. <clears throat> what, what's always the hard part about making change is making it stick. And, and so could you dive a little bit deeper into, you know, the resonant relationships because it's like, what's, what else, but how, how are you making it so it really doesn't disappear? <laughs> so it sticks. Okay. Yeah. So a couple things there. First of all, a lot of times, okay, so now my mind's going in like five directions, Josh. I'll try Let's to go down remember. All five in five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So two big things. Let's start there. Um, one, of the th- one of the most common mistakes I see people make is they do something to the point where they've learned it and they can do it. That's the problem. And, and there's a great quote. I don't know who said it, but the amateur practices until they get it right, the master practices until they cannot get it wrong. So sticking with something until we get to that point, because the other piece of it is what we know from neuroscience is we cannot focus on too many things at once. If we're going to change something and it's, it has any kind of significance, really focusing on one thing at a time is critical. And then getting to that point where, and when I say master, I'm not talking about hundred percent, right? Not even Michael Jordan made hundred percent of his you know, free throws as great as he was. But if, if you if you master it to the point of like 80, 85%, the rest is going to take care of itself. That's what, that's what I've seen in coaching per, people. So that's one. The second piece of it, this is why the ideal self is so critical because it creates this positive image of, of where we want to go and who we want to be. And when we nail that, it activates the part of the brain that intrinsically motivates us. And that keeps, it's called a PEA, which is a positive emotional attractor. And it has a tendency to pull us in the direction of our dreams and our desires. So those two things in conjunction, that really keeps us, that's what's really keeps us motivated and, and on track. That's awesome. <clears throat> I love that because I mean, that's uh, the number one problem everybody has is, is not maintaining the, the goal. And, and yeah. what was cool about what you're saying there too, is it's almost in, in the attempt of mastery, you're going to get so good at it that it's going to be natural to take the next step. And that tendency pulls you to the next logical step. And that way it all kind of builds together into a chain of masteries really that right. make you successful in the way you want to be successful. Right. Dan Pink talked about it in drive 
the, tr the surprising truth about what mo motivates us. And he talked about how progress towards mastery is one of the things that drives intrinsic motivation. Because when we can see we're getting better, we want to keep working on it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's human nature. So, so that's why those are, those, that's why those are so important. Yeah. And, and I love that. And I want to, I'm going to play devil's advocate here for a minute. Because okay. I, I love this. So I was just having a conversation with one of my neighbors about this um, last night. I thought it was hilarious. So um, it's kind of funny to look back on the people who are very good athletes in high school. Mm -hmm. And you look at how the rest of their lives, they have done nothing else. Um, you know, they've never become successful at anything else. They're still working. Wow. Like you know, I've, I've been out of high school for <laughs> well over a decade now. And some of these kids are still working at restaurants, you know, and I, I'm sitting here going, wow, they, they have not moved in that long. And so we were kind of joking about that. And, and I'm kind of curious about this because they gained mastery mm -hmm. in, or I guess, I guess what you would say is like proficiency in, in the, in one thing. So how, how do you help make them make those pivots so that they can then translate those skills over to a new industry or topic or something else? Yeah. Luckily, I haven't worked with a, that many people like that. Most of the people that I work with tend to be motivated. Um, but I think, I think a couple of things. Number one is that we have to identify what do we carry forward with us? Because if, if we were good in, I don't know, baseball, whatever, and we want to go to a new sport, it can be like, oh my goodness, I'm starting again at zero. No, you're not. You actually have a base to draw upon. And I think helping people identify that base is really important and then say, okay, so in the direction that you want to go, again, going back to your ideal self in the direction that you want to go, here's what you're carrying with you. How do we build on that? So I think a lot of times if we can help people see that they're not starting at zero, but they have a good start, that can be motivating. Um, and there could be other reasons why people you know, stay stuck. Like, I can't believe like they're still working at restaurants, but I mean, that happens, I guess. But I think that's a big piece of it, right? Helping them understand what am I carrying forward with me? Like we had, I don't know if you, you heard, but uh, we had the big fire, the East Troublesome fire come through here last October and we were evacuated. We had like 10 minutes to get out and we were minutes ahead of the fire. It was, it was, but we went to sleep that night thinking our house is probably gone and, and 28 of our neighbors lost their house. And I remember that night I was, I was trying to go to sleep. It's two o'clock in the morning and I'm thinking, Oh my goodness, you know, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And I thought, is this really going to be the challenge that I can't overcome? No, I've overcome really big things in my life. This is not, this is just a challenge to work my way through it. And what I thought of is, okay, so what have you learned in the past that's going to help you now? I've never had to go through a fire like that before. I mean, a hundred thousand acres, it burned in 14 hours. That's 90 football fields a minute. I'd never faced anything like that but I faced other things that I carry forward. So that's, that would be my, I guess that's my biggest uh, key thought that comes to mind there. Yeah. Well, I love that because it's, it's drawing upon those and then <laughs> leveraging that because, you know, you use kind of the apples and oranges where it's like baseball to football or whatever, but, yeah. but I mean, all of the fundamentals to a sport translate really well to business and all of the fundamentals of any becoming successful with anything it all, it all translates well. So I love that. Um, well, and, and um, you know, we are coming up to the end of the interview here. So I want to just ask a few final questions. And the first one, obviously, Bobby, is uh, where can people go see your content? We have already kind of teased it, but let us know. <laughs> yeah, they can, they can check out the website, which is bobbykaler.com. 
and my content's there. I, I, I write quite a bit. And then also the podcast, we can, you can find it there as well. Awesome. So make sure you go check that out. And her last, so it's Bobby, B-O-B-B-I, and then Kaler is K-A-H-L-E-R. I will also link that in the description here so everybody has that, but I want to make sure that you go check out, especially the podcast, go check out her site. This is the one lady I can tell you right now, if you want proof that she has, um, <laughs> she, she's a good coach. She's coached over 3000 people. <laughs> so make sure you go check out her website and then go hire her. If you're really feeling stuck, she's a great person to go to for that. So once again, the podcast is unyielded. And that is everywhere I checked. Um, <laughs> 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 Make sure you go check that out. And then Bobby, just to kind of wrap this up with one beautiful bow, could you leave one final parting piece of guidance for our audience? Yeah. I think the, 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 the parting guidance would be no matter where you are, the future can be changed. And what's exciting about that is you can change your own future. You know, no matter how successful we are or where we're starting, what we want in life, we can, we can author that, you know, and, and we can make that, make that happen. I hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Lucky Titan podcast. If you want to fill your favorite platform with dream customers, then come join myself and thousands of others of hosts at theluckytitan.com slash tribe. Here you can find guests for your show, get featured on other shows and discover the secrets to building an audience of raving fans. So once again, go create your free account at theluckytitan.com slash tribe.